Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Gene Poole. There's a little Gene Poole in all of us. Um, we're here with our, our second podcast with Ty Hansen. Here we go. Okay, uh, we covered a lot of ground last time. That was awesome. If you don't mind, let's let's start with Patty Labelle. Where do you want to start with? It? Well, um, I mean, look. <clears throat> what did you play with her? Uh, I did a drum set on that one. Uh -huh. um, she was. Uh, I was playing with a, a musician from Chicago named uh, Joe Savage, who was a trumpet player, and sometimes I had gigs with him. But anyway. Um, Patty came into town. She needed a band quickly, and for some reason, I think her agent got a hold of uh, Joe Savage's number, and uh, we went from there. And the gig turned out great. It was a weekend thing, and we. Um, she was a. It's called Patty Labelle and the Bluebells. It was kind of uh, a takeoff of the. Diana Ross and the Supremes. Mm -hmm. So the, the I think there were two bluebells or three. I'm not sure. I don't remember. My <clears throat> lot of water under the bridge at this mm -hmm. time. So, but um, it was a good gig. She's one thing I liked about her. She's very gracious and down to earth. Uh, you find a lot of entertainers, whether they're made a name for themselves, made a lot of money, they don't fall in that category of being gracious respectful of other people whether they play well or not you know if you don't someone doesn't play well you replace them that's what the, that's the name of the game um she falls into that category of let's see like let's say miles davis she was she reinvented herself she was you know the kind of things that they were doing back in the uh, early 60s with like like I said with uh, Diana Ross and the Supremes and I don't know if you've ever seen her in person since those days or ever she was like a wild child wore just these outlandish costumes and headdress and everything <laughs> yeah but she was uh, but like I said she's always a lady always very 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 nice and, and uh, treated all the musicians. If she had a complaint, uh, she wouldn't like go up to them, berate them right there on the spot or anything. But she mm -hmm. would just, uh, "I need for you to do this or that, or don't do this mm -hmm. or that." And she did it in a professional way, without hurting somebody's feelings. Or musicians, that believe it or not, a lot of them, we are a strange breed. You know, we know how to stick our chest out, but we, when somebody uh, speaks lowly of us. We have a tendency to, we're very sensitive. We are. Yes. We, we, you know. Oh, yes. And that's one, like I said about Miles Davis, you know, he didn't talk a lot. on. I don't think I've ever heard him talk on a live performance where he actually said more than two words, maybe, thank you. That, you know, that's the way he talked. He had this real gravel voice. and yeah. uh, But... And he always turned his back to the audience. I don't know what that was all about. 
Hmm. He would play a solo, and he'd, and he'd just kind of do a 180 and just... Mm-hmm. I never found out what that was about. Yeah. But um, music will put years on you or distress you out. You become like an old leather jacket, you know. You're <laughs> 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 just distressed out, you know. And as, as long as I've done this, and long, well, I should say did this, um, it has taken its, that's why I have uh, two hip operations, one um, <clears throat> rotator cuff operation, and I need another one, like I said for, on the first broadcast. But all that was started by being a trombone player, by being a drummer. See, I, I don't play conventional like a lot. A lot of drummers will keep their foot flat on the on the board. I, I kind of like went up this way so I could get more power. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a little scrawny something, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't have it. And uh, <laughs> so <clears throat> uh, that was one of the things that um, I have been able to not come to grips with is because um, music is... It looks like uh, the baseball. Baseball has been very, very good to me, you know. <laughs> but this was music; it's been very good, but it also took its toll. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so we we touched on your time with uh, James Brown mm-hmm. just a bit before, but can you? Um, did you tell about his his penalties and stuff? Well, this is what it, he had a road manager. Uh, as well as a his manager in general, and he would um, have the with a legal pad and everybody's name and what instrument, because everybody been uh, some guys had the same first name or whatever. Mm-hmm. And what he would do was, if you made a mistake, five fingers meant five bucks. If he does it, that's ten. That's twice. And if if he does this, you're not getting paid tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, so he's doing this to his lawyer, his road manager. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's doing it to him. He's taking everybody, you know. And he was very. Pro- wow. But how did someone screw up so much they didn't get paid? Were they? Just what I'm like- just saying, I mean, I'm being, I'm exaggerating yeah, a bit. But okay. They, I mean, when I say didn't get paid, you didn't get paid what you thought you were going to get. That yeah, right. Yeah, that was. <laughs> So, but he was, um, but, he, was uh, he was a taskmaster. He didn't. Oh know. yeah, consummate professional. Oh, always. Yeah, always. Did you hang out with him at all? Like, how many gigs would did you do with him? There are two answers to that. Too many, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, not enough. Oh, really? Yeah, that's it's a double-edged sword with with that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like that he treated anyone poorly or. Uh, in a demeaning manner, he would always be. He's he's about the business. Yeah, he's business all the yeah. way. Yeah, Hang, hanging out with him was uh, not an option. He would. Um, I guess one person he would hang out with would be his road manager and Maceo. Okay. Yeah, Maceo was the band leader. Actually, right. he was in charge of the band. Yeah. Um. So tell us about your time with uh, Little Richard. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> um, little Richard, as I alluded to last time, uh, if you made, if there was a mistake made or a song didn't go over well, he had a tendency to blame everything 
on that performance. And it, depending on where you were standing in conjunctive position to him, he'd blame, you know, that was your fault, you know. Uh, it's the Panani, you know. So, that's, that's how he called his piano. And um, then one night, I know he said, this Panani ain't tuned. They just got through tuning it a half hour before we I said, God. So, but um, it, it, he was a hard pill to swallow. I mean, it was um, nice enough, you know. And there's one person that I, give you a, a, another end of the spectrum. Uh, I had a gig here in Chicago with uh, the late Dr. John, who just passed away not mm-hmm. too long ago. And he was, you know, he come in and he said, oh, we're going to do it this way, you know, because he had that gravelly voice like Miles, you know. Yeah. He, we said, he said, and we played the weekend with him at uh, Cotton Club, which is down the street around the corner from Wrigley Field at the time. And he was just uh, very gracious, you know, mm-hmm. was, with his New Orleans manners, you know. Yeah. They, they, New Orleans, I shouldn't say New Orleans. Nolans or Nola, <laughs> as they call it, New Orleans. One of my favorite cities too. Yeah. So um, I, I've just been thinking since our last podcast. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about like um, just a, like like you're a very humble and generous person, and uh, <laughs> ask my wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, like um, do. do did you ever experience stage fright being on stage with like James Brown or was that an issue? Uh, I've been asked this question before and my, I have been in some situations so nervous at two times uh, that there were two different incidents. One, I dropped my drumsticks and the other one was I had cleaned my trombone and I was, you know, I was so nervous. I mean, and it, the slide just fell off the stage. <laughs> it's just wing. Just went flying. <laughs> and I don't, let me see, who was I playing with? I don't remember, but I do remember the situation. And I, that was even more embarrassing. I did just like, like adding lighter fluid to you know, the coals, yeah. you know. Oh, my goodness. Was, oh, God, I was, I was a wreck. Yeah. Had to go out and smoke two doobies after that. <laughs> <laughs> Calm me down. So, uh, I had a question, which is, um, are you still in touch with any of these folks? Uh, just uh, any of the many stars that you've encountered or, or even their bands? or Most of them uh, who are around my age, uh, they've either... Stop playing it. It just can't. That schedule is just so grinding and just, I don't mm-hmm. know. So uh, most of them, the only ones I'm really in touch with, as a matter of fact, the bass player used to be with Snatch. I got to call him Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It's his birthday. So oh, I always try to make nice. it a point, yeah, nice to call him and wish him a happy birthday. But um, uh, other than that, I see some of the guys from Snatch. Um, we had a little reunion, just the three of us, the two horn players in Snatch and myself, they came out uh, to Arizona. One lives in the uh, L.A. area. The other one was in Palm Springs trying to avoid the very rigid Chicago weather for the winter. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it was supposed to have been a really a 
Yeah. Ball buster. Yeah. Yeah. So my other question is, how'd you get all these gigs? Did you have an agent? Did somebody rep you or? No. No agent. It was just word of mouth. Word of mouth. And uh, as the way it probably is with uh, with a lot of guys. I mean, there are some guys who are on the, or musicians, I shouldn't say, because they're men and women, so, that who are in the really upper echelon of the professional, Mm -hmm. profession, I should say, and they have a tendency to, uh, they have a lot of times an agent, you know, Mm-hmm. And but the the circle is not as broad as people think. It's, it's a tight circle. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, if you oh you want to do a drummer, you go call. You know, hey, here's right. this number. Or right, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I've known you for uh, I don't know four or five years, mm-hmm. and um, I am not a uh, I'm not a trained musician. Every time I try to take lessons, I stop writing music. Because the just the vastness of music theory is overwhelming to me, but you welcome um, to the club. <laughs> <laughs> we well, um, we were just at Simon's Tavern and we were talking about um, kicking people out of your band, which I've had to do. <laughs> Have you ever been kicked out of a band? I wouldn't think, but uh, not in the direct sense of okay, you go. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, not kicked out, but maybe let's say, and this was when I got older, uh, pushed out. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like I said, I you know when I started losing my chops, and you know it's just one thing that you can't, and you can't overcome it. You just mm-hmm. cannot do it. Um, even if you sit down and practice, your b- body just breaks down. Right. Gen- you know, and that is, and it was so disturbing. Uh, it, you know, anytime you have to employ your wife to come be your roadie, because she, she's stronger than I am, you know. <laughs> and she was but very gracious. She, like I told the last time, she could break down, set up faster than I could in a heartbeat. And I appreciate her for that. Yeah. She was always encouraging. It wasn't like, yeah, you got another, yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know, it was never that. Yeah. It was always, uh, and she had an open invitation to go when I had a gig. And there sometimes I said, I don't think you should go to this gig. And she said, why? Because I'm afraid to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there, there are some, I've played in some pretty dicey places. Yeah, but um, just uh, racially or? In general. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, well, name one. <laughs> oh no, we're not going there. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. We're not gonna go there. But yeah. there, there are en- enough around. There was one woman. I'll tell you this much. I won't tell you where it is. I won't tell you wh- what the name of it is. Well, maybe I can tell you the name. The place was called Keystone, mm-hmm. and Keystone is in a little town in southwest Arkansas, and. There was this woman, they called her Big Sally. And when I saw her, they said, don't cross Big Sally, whatever. <laughs> so I said, yeah, okay, I can do <laughs> And I thought she was, they were you know, just kind of putting me on. No, you don't cross Big Sally. Big Sally, you know how they have railroad ties stuck in the ground to keep from cars from mm-hmm. 
Big Sally pulled one of those out of the ground and threw it at a man (laughs) and hit him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, after that, I didn't. I didn't go there anymore. Yeah. Well, here's something I have experienced. Is like I've been um, this last Sunday. Yesterday was my thirtieth time uh, doing poetry at the Green Mill, and. uh, I get incredibly amped up after a show. It's like hard to talk to people. It's like, uh, have you experienced such a thing like where you, it's really hard to come down after a performance? Are you kidding? I'm so tired. I don't know where, 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 you better see my car keys. Whatever I got <laughs> no, I'm usually uh, physically. Uh, sometimes I'm on a mental high, mm-hmm. but basically I'm just, you know, I used to have to, um, especially if I played drums, I had to bring an extra shirt or something because I would just I'm soaking wet. Uh huh. Because I like used to like to play hard. Yeah. Well, Ty, you sh- you should be very proud of yourself. I feel because not only have you navigated this music industry very pretty well. <laughs> But you've also taught and helped people. You've helped me, you know, understand music. And uh, I'm proud to be your friend. <laughs> Ditto, brother. <laughs> Ditto. Well, uh, you, you give me a list of different people that you wanted to uh, talk about. I had a chance to, I did perform with her quite a few times. And this is when she lived in Hyde Park. And that would be Shaka Khan. Mm-hmm. And um, she's uh, she's something else. Uh, yeah, you know, was a lot How of was that. Oh yeah, oh, she, <laughs> she was Shaka Khan. Yeah, snappy dresser. Uh, yes. I mean, I've seen her come on the stage with no shoes on, but I. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she's nice, nice woman, and I'm glad to see that she's on a, uh, a comeback trail. You know, she's doing things now again. Uh ever meet i just want to backtrack a second here Mm -hmm. like these songs in this patsy klein songbook to me they're jazz these are like jazz chords crazy by willie nelson is like well if you listen to willie yeah if you listen to willie nelson he does what uh a lot of things that jazz musicians will do like um when he's playing uh when he does georgia or something like that uh, and <clears throat> he will use a lot of what do we call passing tones uh, instead of just going straight to the chord. If he's got a little gap in between, he'll use a passing chord to get to where he's going. You know, and it sounds, it makes it sound more of a jazzy sound. The stuff in there, and his chords are not just your everyday chord progression. Mm-hmm. And the way he has his treat, you know, even with uh, when I played with um, Johnny B. Good, please tell me that. Can't even Chuck think. Berry. Thank you, Thank you. <laughs> Chuck Berry. Okay, yeah, and, and really, when Chuck Berry would come to town, or you you were in around where he is, um, he just come in town, driving a Cadillac, and he would get drummer, a piano player, you can find one, a bass drummer. I mean, a bass player and 
That was it. You know, he he pick up the band as he's going along. Mm-hmm. Or uh, a lot of musicians didn't. Uh, they had a name. They would call uh, the studios and <clears throat> other concerns where he could find a, a, a sort of a corral of musicians. And that's so he pay you. Boom, he's gone. Mm-hmm. One, a lot of one nighters. Lot of, those mm. are those will wear you down. Yeah, I know one night, Jerry Lee Lewis and Chuck Berry got into a case of fisticuffs, and the argument started about who was the be- better rock and roller, and uh, it started from there. They got the conversation got really heated, and we went out in the alley, took it to the alley, and that's when they, you know. <laughs> It was, it was, as the kids say, it was on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. So, uh, I don't want to know. I don't want to. I don't want to know who came out on top. <laughs> I am not going to tell you. <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you when we get down to the bar. I'll tell you. Okay. But I don't want to do that. Like yeah. I said, I don't yeah. like to put anybody under. You know, to, yeah. to throw them under the bus. Yeah. And. Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, he he was, he both of them crazy. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, just both of them hot tempered or bad tempered. If if you're looking for one who has the edge, it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't do that. Um, he just covered up his mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, had to. Well, so um, you did a stint with Ike and Tina Turner. I did. Um, but you don't really want to talk about that. Yeah, I do want to talk about that. Uh, I will. Uh, Ike was uh, a pretty good guitarist. Uh, he did a lot of sessions with people, you know, uh, be- that were coming up uh, in the middle fifties, late fifties, uh, sixties, and <clears throat> he had the uh, Tina Turner. Naturally, that was his bread and butter. And um, the Icats. And I'll tell this one tidbit. If anybody in here repeats it, I've. <laughs> <laughs> um, as I told you before, a lot of times you play these, especially down in the Cotton Curtain or the Chitlin Circuit, you had a deal with the, which is already a preset, with the club owner and your manager, road manager that you would play for a percentage of the door. And that percentage was usually 60-40, 60 for the band, 40 for the um, mm-hmm. club. And sometimes it was 70-30, uh, depending on how, what kind of draw you could, you know, like Bobby Bland in those days. Um, could Oh, man. I, I was a big Bobby fan. Bobby Blue Bland at the time, fan, mm-hmm. big time. Mm-hmm. And... He had a drummer at the time that played with him for a short time. This guy could—I mean, he could just fair out bring fire with drums. And his name was Jabbo, from Mobile, Alabama, mm-hmm. and <laughs> couldn't spell drum. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? He didn't don't know how to spell drum. Oh my! But it didn't put a damper on his professionalism and as well as he could play. I mean, I take I take that over knowing how to spell drum anytime. So, but um, Ike and Tina Turner, um, the Ikeettes. This is the one thing I where I kind of lost respect for. When we go to a town and the money was short, 
that means they didn't get the the audience that they thought they were going to draw. So that means the money was short. So what he would do, okay, iCats, let's hit the streets. <laughs> that had to go out and hustle mm. to make the deficit. Wow. And he, he was, and I didn't like the way he treated Tina either. But, uh, yeah. That's, that was right. the, that, I just kind of lost respect for him. Yeah. When you finally called it quits, mm-hmm. wasn't that kind of a big relief? I mean, you did this for so long and so well. Wasn't that kind of like... That's questionable about the so well part. (laughs) (laughs) That's questionable. (laughs) But um, I just had run out of steam. I just... just, Of course, I was physically beaten up. Mm -hmm. I just beaten into the ground. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't... I mean, when somebody... When my wife has to help me put my trap case into... Our SUV, and I could, I could. Cheryl, would you give me a hand here? She goes like, mm. she said, "You used to take this thing and just throw it in." But I said, that "Used to bees don't count anymore," you know. So that's the way that go. It plays out. Yeah. But I'm just, I just, and I think uh, she was, uh, she meaning my wife, Cheryl, um, was c- kind of relieved too. Yeah. 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 She was tired. Yeah. When you were playing jazz, mm-hmm. was it an extra stress on you? Like, I would never be able to play jazz, but it seems like, you know, if you're playing blues, that's pretty a pretty natural thing for most people. And um, pop, right? But uh, jazz would seem to me to be a, have a little bit more stress involved. Jazz can be very stressful because it's much more sophisticated musically. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'd rather play. I mean, uh, I, had to, I had to learn how to really uh, play uh, funk, uh, blues, because they, you know, I was, you know, you kind of like tiptoe through the, you know, you're just doing that, and you, you're not really. Uh, what they want to hear when you do um, particularly uh, blues and funk, they want to hear that heavy two and four with the left hand called the backbeat. Mm-hmm. That's what they want to hear. And, they wanna, and I just could I had to learn how to just get in there and just, it, I mean, it's like you beat. It's like that. And so um, I'd rather play jazz anytime. Oh. Good, good yeah. for you. Yeah, <laughs> anytime because that's what I kind of grew up. My band director, as I told you, Mr. Brewster, uh, was a great jazz musician, great jazz musician. And he died about when he was eighty-nine, not too long ago, and um, be sorely missed. He helped a lot of people. Yeah. What about James Brown and his rhythm? Depends on if you're doing a stop rhythm or something. You know, hitting one time, pow! It's usually on one. To play with James Brown, sometimes you needed three hands. <laughs> but that's why you see a lot of footage of him playing. He's got two drummers. Mm-hmm. Did, he's he what he started as a drummer, right? James uh, Brown was a drummer. He was a drummer, mm-hmm. and he also plays um, keyboard. 
one thing about him as far as being a band leader or whatever you want to call him, he had a great grasp of rhythm and how they could men, uh, intermingle. And that's why you get all those uh, real funky, and some of them were very complicated, some of them weren't. But he knew how to put them together, and he played drums a little bit too. Mm -hmm. Come on, let me show you how to do it like that. <laughs> I said, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay I, I, but I, I, see, I wasn't a drummer with him, but he, I said, he was doing so, showing his two drummers, and he said, I don't know. I got it. You feel in the blank when he gets called me. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I did that, and uh, he he was very helpful. You know, hanging out, no. Right. Everything was about the business with him. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine um, having a career like you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, you have uh, gifted this neighborhood and this state and this country with your talent, and I'm very appreciative. And me, well, I'm very I, appreciative. That's stretching it a bit, but I appreciate the accolades. <laughs> but uh, thank you. Yeah. Um, little uh, gold plated, but I'll take it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm effusive. <laughs> I told uh, Ty earlier, uh, this is this is fairly important to get his story and his just the essence of what he's done and how he's helped people and put all these jams down. Right? <laughs> the 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 it's hard to find a good drummer. I, I found. And when you do, it, it it puts all the other people who tried to shame, you know, it's a mentality. And it's, um, it's a mentality that is not showing off, not out front. It's just like solid. So um, I'm blabbing a little bit. <laughs> You're entitled. <laughs> We're going to wrap this up, ladies and gentlemen. We're here with Andy Miles, Ty Hansen, and Cheryl Hansen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm.